0: Welcome back to the Effort Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleep, and on today's episode, we have the ladies of the Women Make Waves podcast, Lindsay and Ariel. Now, they've been with us at NC Fit for quite a while, and I wanted to sit down with them and talk about what they've learned having the podcast interviewing only women in the fitness space that are doing remarkable, remarkable things. So I really enjoyed their insight there. I also enjoyed their perspective, you know, typically it's Gabe, MDV, and I who come, with a specific perspective or lens. Lindsay and Ariel come from a slightly different perspective and I enjoyed sitting down and talking about business, talking about fitness, talking a little bit about family. Now, before we dive into the episode, I want to remind you, we have the Effort Over Everything Challenge that starts January 10th. We're calling it the EOE 40. It's 40 days of just basically commitment, right? Waking up a little early, getting in some movement, eating appropriately, and making sure that your sink is clean before you go to bed. So make sure you check out the description to join us for EOE 40. Now, let's dive into an incredible episode with the ladies of the Wind Make Waves podcast, Lindsay and Ariel. Let's go. So I sent you over a future Cough with Kalipa that's going to be releasing soon, and it was titled um pick your battles or yeah, pick your battles. And so what it was about, and you guys could probably appreciate this, and maybe this is actually a different perspective from you guys, because most of the time it's Gabe, MDV. I surround myself with a lot of guys. And
1: I <laughs> welcome think that, to the girls' club, Jay. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah,
0: and I think you're getting a different perspective. But what I did, so I I'm I'm headed out on date night with my wife and um, date night something that I think we found really valuable ever since Ava got sick. And mm-hmm. so we're going out on a date. I think we're, I don't know where we're going, but anyways, and I realized that she had taken the toilet paper. So the toilet paper had finished. And then instead of replacing the toilet paper, like on the actual spindle or whatever, she has put it on top. And for whatever reason, that's so I my get most
1: irrational fear. Can I just like, I always, anytime I see toilet paper like that, I have this fear that it has fallen off and gone on the floor somewhere. And then I don't want to ever use toilet paper. That's like that. Oh, so <laughs> Just
2: unraveling that. it to use the inside pieces. I am.
0: Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. I mean, I guess this isn't like a public restroom, but yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, <laughs> that this is, that your house. this is at my house. So, yeah. So I head downstairs and, uh, you know, I think she was already waiting in the car because typically I'm always running late. And so I sit there and the first thing I say to her, I was like, Hey, so you left the toilet paper, like on top, you didn't put it on the thing. And she just looks at me like with this, like look of like, she said to me verbatim, so this is the battle you want to pick right now. So this is, this is what you want to do right now. And I just looked at her and I'm like, I I just like took a second to kind of like reflect. And I was like, you know what, this is not the battle I want to pick. And we just let it go. And it's interesting because had I kept going on that, right. It could have ruined our date night. It could have just been ridiculous. And it was a cool coffee clip. I did just about how, you know, picking your battles, especially in relationships and just how important that is. And, um, so anyways, just that's, I just sent that to you, Lindsay. So it's fresh in my mind.
1: Hell yeah. I'll listen to it later. Um, there's so many things that come up for me around that. I think the first one is Like go Ashley for even voicing it like that. Cause I think Mm -hmm. that so many of us immediately can jump into like, yeah, well, I might've left the toilet paper like that, but like you keep leaving the seat up. Right. And we can like tit for tat. And like, at the end of the day, how important are either one of those conversations? But also I think that when we don't voice those little seemingly little things, it's like, what is it? Death by a thousand pricks or something, right? Like the the small things can add up if we don't speak about them but choosing the way in which we speak about them can be super helpful
0: yeah the timing and the and the timing and the way that it goes down right because you're right it could have been tick for tat like hey i don't like it when you you know leave your clothes on the floor or whatever it is right and it could just spiral out of hand and um but anyways, that was fresh on my mind because I think it relates to business a lot too, where if you're in business and you're constantly, let's just say you're in a meeting and you're constantly nitpicking or or just attacking everything or just, it's like, hey, you got to pick and choose what you want to have a battle on, right? Like if you're constantly making everything a big deal, then it might devalue when you actually have something that you really need to discuss um, was the was kind of like the topic of it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I think something that so many business owners, small business owners, large business owners, it doesn't really matter. But everybody can fall into that trap of nitpicking all of the super small things that really don't mean as much. Like, I love that concept of picking your battles, especially in business, because it's, it's something that, you know, um, I've dived so far deep into the past couple of years of just, you know, messy action doesn't necessarily matter if it's perfect, because it matters more if it's, you know, in people's hands, if it can be something that people can benefit from. So I, I see it on both sides, like relationship wise, you got to pick the battles that actually make the most, um, impact I think on your relationship, but then also in business, what are you maybe using as like a procrastination versus actually, you know, something that matters.
1: Yeah. That's why check-ins yeah. are so important too. Yeah. I'm such, I mean, we have tag-ups with our whole team, right? Gabe and I tag up every week individually and our, our whole team does. Um, but I do the same thing with relationships. It's like the relationship check-in and it is scheduled on my calendar, just like oh any boy. other important meeting in my day or in my How week. How long
0: is that meeting set for?
1: Oh, uh, like 45 minutes.
0: Uh, does it normally, uh, a with some cocktails or what?
1: No, it's usually in the morning. So it is accompanied with some coffee. So we're real fiery. Um, but it's, but what it does is a, it prioritizes your relationship, just like you prioritize other things in your life that I think so many people are like, you know, this business meeting is something I absolutely wouldn't move. It's been on my, on my calendar for this long, but how often do we like, push stuff in our personal life that then for whatever reason, sends that unconscious message that like, that's not as important as other things in my life. And so having this check-in, it allows, I mean, we allow time and a lot space for, is there anything that happened this week that you weren't super stoked on? And that would be perfect time for like, Hey, you left the toilet paper roll on or like Gabe left the cupboards open again. I laugh because Ariel put that in her wedding vows. That was part of the vows- that she would always close the the cabinets for Gabe. Um, But it allows you a time when you're not in active conflict or emotionally elevated, where we're more likely to go tit for tat on things and be like, Hey, we're just having this clearing conversation. And it's just as important to do with your employees because you don't want to build resentment in that way either. And taking into consideration that we all have different workflows and we all have different ways that the job gets accomplished. But if something's festering, it's always going to fester and you're not going to look at any, any event in the company or with that per that certain coworker w- without the lens of like something you're doing is really frustrating me. So even if you're coming to me asking the most benign question that otherwise wouldn't bother me, if I'm already bothered by something I'm not voicing I'm going to be so annoyed by your question. So how important those check-ins are for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That, um, that reminds me of the conversation we had with a D on women make waves when she was talking about how her and Mike always have these, um, did they do weekly or monthly check-ins where it's like, they are doing exactly that. Yeah. Weekly check-in where they check in about all of these things that you're talking about. And that was a super eye-opening conversation because i had never thought about it in that way of exactly what you're talking about. Like, Checking in to make sure, and it's a clear space, right? So nobody is going to get elevated. Nobody feels like they're being attacked, but it's a safe, clear environment for you to say, hey, when this happens, it bothers me. And then maybe it's also an opportunity for you to look at why does that bother you? Like, why does it bother you that the toilet uh, toilet paper is not on the roll? Is it Lindsay's irrational fear of germs or <laughs> is it like something else, you know, like whatever that may be? Um, but that conversation was awesome because it was such a, um, raw conversation that she had with us around what they go through the process that they go through. And it was awesome.
0: Yeah. I like a D she's, she's super cool. I I, I want to talk about the conversations you've had on women making waves. I, I did want to highlight though, like, uh, you know, I think for Ash and I, when, when the night Ava was diagnosed with leukemia, it's interesting because I think I've said this before to you guys, but there was like a nurse and she goes, Hey, I just, I've seen a lot of stories in here. I've seen a lot of bad, you know, I've seen, she said, it. I've seen a lot of stories in here and I recommend you guys start a date night immediately. And that was like her, like a once a week date night. And I remember just thinking to myself originally, when she said this to us, like, kind of like a, I felt like it was kind of like an fu to us because she was kind of like putting this omen that it was going to be like a like something bad was going to happen. Well, sure enough, she had seen this situation hundreds and hundreds of times before she knew exactly what was going to happen. And, and so she just kind of laid that framework of like, Hey, I've seen a lot of stories go through. You need to get a date night. And sure enough, the date night really, really, really helped us through that challenge. And then obviously like with COVID and everything that's happened the last couple of years, it's been um, an ongoing benefit for our relationship, just to carve out a little bit of time, like on a Thursday night, uh, just even for like an hour uh, to have like a glass of wine or do something like that. So that's something that's helped us how is that you,
2: working
1: <laughs> arielle and i both go into interview mode go for it Ariel.
2: we're like wait we know we must know more about this date night um how did you navigate that like especially during the pandemic with it being so hard to really get out at certain points and you know with the kids being home how are you keeping that space sacred for you guys
0: well, I mean, for us during COVID, like my mother-in-law would be over and we'd be able to just go out and like, you could even just go outside, go to a park and go do something, right? You could just bust out a bottle of wine and go down the street. You could, and then at times, right, there was outdoor stuff open. So we would just go to that. Um, and, but luckily we have a lot of family around who's able to help out the kids. That same thing happened with uh, uh, when, when we were in the hospital a lot. So when we were in the hospital for like months, what would happen is um, it, most, sometimes it added up more than once a week. It ended up being like two or three times a week. We'd go down a happy hour down the street. And, um, you know, depending on how the day was, we probably indulged a little bit more than we should have.
1: But that,
0: was, <laughs> that, was, that was part of our gig.
1: That's when Jay's, uh, mezcal love for yeah. mezcal budded.
0: Yeah. Me and had, me and mezcal had some, had some, dates.
1: Had some date nights. Did you guys have, um, like, a? more regular date night before then? Or was that kind of the first time you had really prioritized it? That was the first time we had
0: actually like uh, put it into action. I mean, I think that we always had, I mean, we've known each other for so long that we, we you know, the relationships kind of evolved since we were 14, obviously. But um, having that woman say that to us, I know that sounds, at the time, it's just funny how your perspective shifts because at the time, I really thought like, like in my head when initially when she said it, like I actually... I thought she was being super negative. I thought she was putting a bad omen. I thought she was whatever. And then it turns out that that advice was actually really, really helpful. Um, And so, yeah, we, we hadn't had anything formal before that. And I I don't want to put it on a pedestal. That's like super, super rigid, but it's something we take into consideration that we always, we work hard to do on a regular basis. So yeah, it's all good.
1: Dude, Dude, I had somebody, uh, one of my therapy clients, recently was talking, she was kind of talking about me in the third person. And she was saying something to the effect, like she was telling me a story that she had told one of her friends on why she liked her therapist. And she's like, yeah, my therapist calls me on my shit all the time. And I was like, like, that was not like the kind of clinician I thought I was, but it was so funny to hear someone else's experience of me. Like that woman has probably told so many couples to have a date night. And maybe that was like, someone else might've seen it as like, Ooh, this is my permission to go have a date, you know? And yeah. whereas you were like, damn, like that's a harsh.
0: Yeah. It was harsh at the time. Um, Hey, I want to ask you guys, so you guys have been doing, Women making waves now for like, I don't know. How long has it been since March? Yes. So like eight months, uh, nine months. And so you guys have sat down with a lot of like really cool ladies, um, Juliet, Adie, Camille, Annie. I mean, there's, uh, Julie Fouché, I think she's really interesting. There's a lot of really uh, cool women that you guys have sat down with. I'm curious, from your guys' perspective, how that podcast, what type of conversations, and and actually, Ariel, you alluded to it with a a D, but what other things have came up to those episodes that you've kind of taken away from here that you are, I don't know, 50 episodes deep? I mean, what what type of – what have you guys seen that's kind of – Outside, we thought it was going to be.
2: Wow. Lindsay and I both just got super wide eyed because we were like, well, every episode has been completely different than what we had expected it to be like. How many have they not been
0: crying on? How many? How many?
1: How how many? Very, Um, very small amount.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Very small amount. We're trending pretty, we got a pretty good trend going of crying on podcasts.
1: It's what happens. You create a safe space and you just start crying. And most are happy tears. Most are very, very happy tears. Inspired Um, tears. You know, who really kicked off the tears was Annie. She was our first guest, and she um, you know, it was the first time that she had publicly spoken about going through postpartum depression. And she's spoken a little bit more on it now, but it was so moving. Like everyone, I think this year talked about how incredible Annie was like, Oh my gosh, she made it back to the podium. Like from a competition standpoint, she's just an animal. Like she's been there since the beginning, right? The inception of the games and is still on the podium as an individual. Like we haven't seen that. And so that's really incredible. But to even fast forward that and be like, yeah, but no one talked about the fact that she was going through what so many women go through and don't talk about. And these like mental battles, and was still able to get on the podium. Like I, another guest that we had on the show, actually, um, was it Danielle? She, it was- she's like writing, wants to write Annie's book. Oh, Christine, Christine Bald was on the show and she helped Ben Bergeron write his books. And she basically went up to Annie and was like, Hey, I've wrote the first chapter of your book. Let me know when you want us to sit down and write the rest. And so she's going to basically tell this whole story of what Annie was really battling with, starting with her ending on the podium and then telling the rest of the book, the entire story about what led to that, that we didn't see.
0: Annie's so impressive. Like I, when Ashley and I, we were at the games and when I watched her get back on uh, the podium, like I was so like inspired because you cry. I didn't you cry. can't
1: not be it a- come on jay you're the jay. first person even- we know that did it didn't. yeah what it
0: takes, it takes it takes a lot
1: um, <laughs> new, uh, goal. new goal ariel we got to make jay cry at some point Yeah, going yeah. on my whiteboard
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a goal on the whiteboard. Um uh, but 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 Annie is so impressive because of what you talk about, like and her journey through CrossFit. And then what I really obviously like from an entrepreneurial side, I get more I get very inspired by that and just seeing the different things that she's done. And now she actually wrote a children's book with um Catherine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So cool. I love that. That's great.
2: Who else yeah. did you guys
0: have on that you guys thought? Oh, go ahead, Ariel.
2: Oh man, well, I was just saying that his the the really cool thing has been like having certain guests that tie into other guests that we then are like springboarding into other conversations. And that has been a really cool thing too, that we've just kind of experienced, which we didn't expect at all. But um, so Christine was an amazing conversation. We had Mariah
1: Moore on and we talked all about um, her episode hasn't hasn't launched yet. So we can't let too much out, but she was okay.
2: Well, we talk about like nothing about, um filmmaking, which I thought we were going to talk a ton about. We talked a ton about motherhood again, which I thought was a really interesting conversation because we got Annie's um, perspective at the very beginning with um, her experience with postpartum depression. And then we got Mariah's experience, which was a little different, but also very raw and very honest. And I
1: thought that was super cool. Um, Linz, who is your favorite so far? Oh my gosh, that's not fair. Um, One thing I want to add to what you were just saying before we move on to that is that I think what's been really beautiful about all of it, and Bloom and I talk about this before almost every show we record with our guests, is how often we have noticed, especially podcasts in the fitness space, once you've listened to one episode with Camille, you've listened to so many because people ask her the same questions. What's your competition season look like? What has this been like? And what we have, the platform that we've offered for our guests is like, if that is what lights you up, awesome. We are so down to talk about that. But what else? Like, what are the questions you haven't been asked? What would you like a platform to talk about? And it's created such organic conversations that lead to things like Bloom was saying that we didn't even know the conversation was going to go that way because we had no idea that Mariah wanted to talk about, you know, what it's like to live, in her skin, in her body after twins. Right. Or mm-hmm. what, you know, a D we were like, okay, we're going to talk about nutrition. And we talked about relationships and all of those entire things. Entire, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think she, she,
0: she likes that. She, she navigated that last time I talked to her, she talked similarly. It's funny how you pick up on what people are like, what fires them up. Right. And mm-hmm. maybe that changes over time. Like Camille probably 10 years ago is a different Camille than today. I mean, she probably wanted to talk more about being a mom, bodybuilding, that type of stuff. Whereas before she was very obviously into CrossFit and competing that way.
1: Yeah. She also talked a lot about too, like she's an engineer by trade. Like Camille is so, so smart. And everyone's been like, Camille's like the super hot CrossFit chick. Right. And she's like, no, look at this incredible app that I developed and how we're tracking people's nutrition differently. And so it's just telling people stories from a different perspective, which I think doesn't happen often in the fitness space. Well, especially from a female
0: um, perspective, right? Like, for example, I was at the gym today and and I know neither one of you guys have had children yet, um, but you guys are obviously consuming a lot of information about it. So I imagine if that's something down the road for you guys you probably would feel like you're more educated on it. Right. But today I was at the gym. I was coaching at, I think it was at 6 AM or maybe 5 AM. And there was two women there that were pregnant and very pregnant. And I just find it really interesting out of all the years we've been doing this. I've had so many women come in and utilize our program throughout their entire pregnancy. And more times than not, they have very, solid labors and quick recoveries. And it's interesting because when Ashley was pregnant, the doctor, I just remember was always reminding her like, Hey, just go for casual walks, like keep it low key. And I always thought to myself, like, first off, I think a woman should choose whatever they want to do. Right. That's, that's on them. But I remember thinking to myself, like, it's interesting that these doctors would, per- would share that perspective, but yet that woman then has to go through something so challenging. Through labor and then the recovery from that, you'd think they'd want to keep their fitness up as much as they can, um, within reason, right? Obviously, today we had a bunch of scaling options for for the women that are pregnant, but um, I don't know where I'm going with that. But it's just it's just fascinating to me how these women have been able to have such quick recoveries and such great labors. Out of, and it was just fresh on my mind because I just saw him this morning. So I think the conversation about fitness, in particular, like CrossFit and strength conditioning, should continue to be talked about because I think it does make a big difference when someone is pregnant. I'm sure you guys have heard that same story on your podcast.
1: Oh, totally. And it Absolutely. makes me think of um, Shireen, our Campbell oh, member. She's, she's the best. Best. The best. best. Shouts out to Shireen. She did Cindy and then gave birth like five hours later. Like she was literally in the gym up until the day she gave birth and she's so cool. Um, I'm going to kick it over to bloom because we had both, um, we had Lindsay Matthews on the show. Who's the founder Mm -hmm. of birth fit. And she talks all about this. Like basically like, even when you're, you're thinking about becoming pregnant, how you should be training when you are pregnant, how you should be training and postpartum what that looks like. And bloom is actually taking one of her courses right now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm doing the basics, the birth fit basics course, right? Like literally right now, I just finished one of the training module videos before we hopped onto this podcast. And it's so interesting because there's so much science backing just that, like that you should be training different ranges of motion. You should be Training your body throughout your pregnancy. And maybe it does change, right? Like maybe it does look different. You scale some things. But it is, it's one of the biggest, I think it is literally the biggest athletic endeavor that a woman will go through in her life. And to not be prepared for that just seems insane to me. And I think about um Gabe's mom, he talks about this with me all the time. Actually, he tells me the story. But like when Gabe's mom was pregnant with him and then with Tanya, his sister. Um, she was told to not do anything, like not even light walks. And that is, that boggles my mind because like you're saying, like, it's a huge stress on your body and then to recover from it, you want to be prepared for that. And so, um, Lindsay talked a ton, a ton about, um, different ways to support your body through preconception and then through your pregnancy and then beyond, um, But yeah, it's been super fascinating to be uh, learning from that course. It's just like stuff that I didn't know that I wanted to know until I started to learn about it. And now I'm like, I need to know more. It's so cool.
0: That's such a cool subject. I mean, obviously, because there's so many layers to it, right? There's people that get put on bed rest for- many reasons. Right. Um, and then you have Ashley where, I mean, there's just so many things that could happen, right? Like Ashley had preclampsia and these different things that happen. And then, you know, there's just so many layers to it, but at a high level, I, I would love to check out more about what she saw my birth fit because, um, I'm interested too, even though I, I don't have anything to do with it. I'm just interested. So well,
1: I think we everybody need, should know, right. We need, cause how many coaches are men, right? How many times have you yeah. been in a, in a room coaching a woman or and not even a pregnant woman but whatever is going on with her cycle and her hormones like she's going to be a different athlete showing up in front of you. Um Lindsay Matthews talked a lot about that and then we also had Dr. Stacy Sims on and right. she wrote, she writes all about um how women are not small men. And when she was going through grad school she was doing all of this research on women and they were getting thrown out as like one-offs because all of the research is done on men. And so the fact that all the data was coming back differently, they were saying, Oh, like that must just be a fluke. It's an anomaly. That's not going to happen. And so she went on to do more and more studies and was like, well, funny thing is it's not a fluke. It happens every time that our test subjects are women and basically how your training should differ from men's, how your nutrition should differ from men's and how our bodies and our hormones and all the mechanisms are completely different. Well, yeah. that's
0: interesting. So based on all these conversations then, what have you guys found out about training, like as a coach, I'm curious about this because I mean, I, I mean, obviously I've had many, many experiences with all kinds of women, in our gyms. But I don't really know them intimately well, like in terms of like, you know, all that Their other cycle. Stuff. You know, all that other stuff. I, <laughs> might just,
1: not make Jason cry, but we'll make him no, blush. We'll <laughs> make them like, talk hey, about periods.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just might need to scale this back for you, adjust it accordingly. You know, hey, you can't do it. you know, can't do a double under today. I got your back. Uh, but uh I wonder what through your guys' conversations, what at a high level you guys have found out from a training, because all of your guests. All of them I mean, like are they're all women in different areas of fitness primarily um what what are what are the takeaways from like a science perspective you guys have heard because that was interesting what you just talked about about how the feedback came back different if it's a male or a female
2: yeah, I mean one? there's yeah, there's so many changes that occur because the female hormone cycle is just so much different than a male's, like a female hormone cycle essentially is just spread out over a longer period of time. The male hormone cycle goes, fluctuates a lot more day to day. So for women, there's just such different changes depending on where you are in your cycle that it's important. It's more important for like women to understand their own cycle, which can be really helpful for when you are training, because then, you know, like when it is time for you to maybe eat a little bit more or when you need to maybe back off of training if you know that this like typically a time in your cycle where you're really tired. Um so it can be super helpful to know those things just as the athlete yourself, but then on the coach side of it, it's really helpful to understand because you can have these conversations around like I can't tell you how many times I was in the gym when like female athletes would come in saying like I don't understand I'm just so hungry this week. Like this is so not normal. And it's literally because, you know, the week leading up to your period, you should be eating 150 to 200 calories more in your diet. And it's just because your body needs extra calories because it's literally growing another organ. And so things like that are just really helpful pieces of information, I think, for everyone, not just females to know, right? Like all of the coaches that are not maybe going through a period themselves, I think that it can be super helpful for you to just. Know what happens because just then being you can aware, better, yeah, you can better coach to it
1: and normalize yeah. it. If your athlete's yeah. coming in and saying something like that, you can be like, That's like, you don't have to totally dive into it, right? Like, yeah, Jay, you're, probably, not, you're probably, like, probably not the period I'd, expert, I'd right? probably pivot over here. <laughs> I'd probably stay on this side. But <laughs> I'll it say could like, be hey. more of just like, you know, that sounds totally normal for what's happening right. And you're asking your body to expend more calories too. So, um, I couldn't agree more with bloom on that, that having, you know, whether you are a female coach or a male coach, knowing the normal cycle, I put normal quotation marks because everyone's a little different, but the cycles of which things might appear in the gym.
2: Yeah. It's the same as understanding basics. Like you don't have to understand really deep in depth, Anatomy and physiology to be a really good coach, right? Like, you just need to understand the basic concepts um, for it to make an impact on people. And it's the same thing, like, just understanding the basic concepts of the female hormone cycle, I think can be super beneficial, whether you have one or whether you don't.
1: Hmm. All right. Fair enough. I'll, uh, Jay's uncomfortable.
2: Jay's uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so, I mean, tell me more about some other, like, cause. I know a lot of these women pretty well, and they've done some fascinating things. I mean, Julie, as an example is really, I think leading, leading in terms of health and, and combining functional training with traditional medicine. And her and I talked briefly about some of the things that I've seen success with in terms of traditional Western medicine, and then blending that with actually Eastern medicine. Um, I had a cool conversation with her just about with Ava and all the chemotherapy she's gone through. Uh, obviously that's more on the Western side. And then And then talking about these Chinese herbs that she's been on and and the impacts those have had. But I wonder what other stories or things you guys have been hearing now that you guys are so many episodes deep.
1: I was just going to bring up Julie. It's really funny because we actually had uh, my naturopath on the show a while back, Leslie Brocchini, and she talked all about, she was going, she actually worked at Stanford, Jay. Um, Worked at Stanford, was an incredible, incredible doctor, and then had... Um, basically her own run-in with thyroid cancer and had incredible Western medicine interventions, but then actually continued to heal herself through more Eastern modalities. So helping herself, you know, healing through nutrition and healing emotionally, healing mentally, healing physically, and all these different things. And then fast forward months and months later, we had Julie on the show and she talked all about the same kinds of things Stacey Sims talked about that, hey, all of this science that we have is on how men should train and how men should eat and all of these, you know, different research articles on men, and then blended that with like, and here's what we're seeing for women from a medical perspective. And here's how I'm choosing to blend my traditional Western knowledge with things like emotional regulation and meditation and taking care of my psyche and what they're doing, um, through CrossFit precision care to kind of help you have a provider who also participates in the same sort of functional fitness, functional medicine that you participate in. So they don't have a biased perspective on what is quote unquote, more effective or not.
2: And the cool thing about it too, is like the conversations we're having, it's exactly what we're talking about with like traditionally doctors recommend pregnant women to just do light walks, things like that, where if you have a doctor in a medical field, but also understands the CrossFit methodology and functional fitness and the benefit that that can have on your body, then those doctors are going to be so much better equipped to help active women have successful pregnancies, have successful just lives in general, you know, like, I think that's such a cool and not even just pregnant women, not even just women, it's everyone because there's such a, and we know this because we've been in the fitness space for how long, but there's such an an insane health benefit to consistently and regularly training with like a functional fitness modality. And we see it because we've been here for so long, but it's something that, you know, how, how much more impact do you think it could have if your doctor recommended it? You know?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Because the doctors, to a lot of people, it's like, oh, that's the, that's the person, right? Which I totally totally understand. Yeah. You know, building the awareness, I think is the key.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, I love it. I think that's great. that You guys have been able to have this like kind of space to be able to have these type of conversations, especially over the last, like, you know, eight, nine months that have been really challenging for a lot of people, you know, pivoting through COVID. And I mean, Ariel, you got your farm. Uh, you, you, guys, yeah. you, you see it firsthand, like this real food, real stuff. You guys are busy doing a lot of stuff, but having time for the Win make waves podcast is awesome. And then Lindsay, where in the world are you right now? Are where in the, where in the
1: world? I am in Denver. You're in Denver. Yep. I know. I am just trout. I've been in uh in the void is what I've been calling it. I'm like a, a gypsy lately. Um, my apartment, you guys know this, my apartment in San Diego flooded uh at the end of September. And since I moved out of the house and did college and the whole thing, like I've never not paid rent or like been somewhere concrete. And so I was so terrified to not know what the next step was and Bloom, maybe you can speak to this. Bloom and Gabe bought an Airstream a while back and just traveled oh, I around, that. but yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I've caught myself so many times like, damn, this is what Gabe and Bloom were doing. Like, this is kind of awesome. I can just up and go wherever I want. to. It's be. not that bad. It's cool, man. So yeah, I'm in Denver.
0: Oh my God. You know, it's funny. I, I, I want to, you know, the, the Ariel and, and Gabe traveling across the country in an Airstream, I think is awesome. And I think before we have kids, it makes total sense. Like If I could do one thing over again, if I could go back in time, I would have liked to have done more road trips or lived abroad before I had kids. But you know, I started working at the gym and I just I just I don't know. I didn't prioritize it. Let's put it that way.
1: Well, we get so caught in that. We get so caught in like I was talking to someone about this today. Like you're asked at what 17 years old when you're applying to college, like, oh, what are you gonna major in? (laughs) Like, fuck, I'm 17, I have no idea, but you're asked to define your life and your path at such a young age that we don't really get the permission to go do these things, to just go travel around, or, you know, like it made total sense for you to work at the conventional gym. And then you had the opportunity to open your own business. Like that's an incredible path that I'm sure so many people would strive to emulate, but how often do we get the chance to do any of these, like pick up and go live in an Airstream?
2: Well that's the thing too is I think it was it was different than what we had expected because we bought the airstream solely because we wanted to be able to take it on weekend trips to go camping because we were planning on living in San Diego. But then when everything shut down, we were like, our house has wheels like we do not have to stay here. we can go. So we left because of that. but I think had we not changed the expectation of like what we, should, and I put it in air quotes, cause there's no such thing, but what we should do when we moved out of our apartment in San, in San Jose down to San Diego, it would have been so incredibly different, but I, we were able to, you know, let go of it. And I think part of it is the fact that Gabe threw out a crazy idea. And I literally just didn't think about it. I just was like, yes, that feels good. Like I want to do that. Um, And so many people, I think, allow themselves to get caught up in, well, it doesn't make sense to, or it would be really challenging, or like, what about all my stuff? I like my stuff. And it just was a really good practice, I think, in letting it be an unknown.
0: Yeah, I wish I had more. I mean, like, Nowadays there's very little of that for me, but <laughs> back in the day it would have been nice to to do more of that, right? I mean, but hey, you know, Ashton and I we got married at twenty twenty two, right? And then yeah. got married at twenty two, had kids at twenty four, twenty-five. So it was it was, you know, relatively relatively young. And so, but you know, hey. I'm really happy with the way that we pivoted out, but I like the airstream idea too. Maybe one day when I'm older, I'll take a, 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 a airstream across the country, but I don't know if I'll get Ashley to be able to do that. An airstream she not,
1: across the country.
0: She do it for a weekend. Yeah. Just go
2: glamping. Oh uh, yeah. 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 You don't even she. have to like.
0: Text <laughs> <laughs> Ashley. See if she's interested. Text <laughs> in Ashley. Oh, yeah. They have, have like a,
1: bougie, bougie yeah. yurts and stuff that are in like Sedona or out in like really like the salt. What is it, the salt baths, the salt lakes in yeah. Utah? Like salt baths. There's some pretty cool places that you wouldn't know you were camping. You could yeah. take your Ms. You could have your date night oh, in a yurt. Tri-
0: <laughs> I've tried. Maybe one day in the future we'll in be able to yurt. do it again.
1: If you well, can go anywhere, where would it be? If I can go anywhere? Mm-hmm. I know you've traveled a lot with business and CrossFit and fitness, but just for you, just for Jay, where would he go?
0: Um, as of right now, I know this sounds weird. I'd, I'd be right here at home. Like I've, I've traveled so much. I was on before COVID. I was on a plane probably once a week on average. i have mm-hmm. all over Asia, all over places for, for our business and for cr- teaching seminars before. Um, and now I'm really at peace just being at home. And I, I wasn't there for a while, you know, Ash and I were always traveling and, um, because what happened is we kind of like overcorrected. So when Ava got sick, we were at home for a while. And then after she got better, we started just traveling all the time for personal. And then I also doubled that down with, with business. And so now I'd, I'd be here. But I mean, as far as like places that I think are really cool, um, I'd like to go explore places I haven't been before. Um, you know, like I'd, if I, if I want to go somewhere right now, I'd probably go back to, I'd probably go to Italy. I've been there a couple of times, probably go back there. Um, but I've been to some cool places like New Zealand. This one time I competed there and these guys did a haka for me. It was like so badass. It was so much fun. Uh, so I, I mean, there's just been some cool experiences because of over the years competing in CrossFit, then teaching seminars for CrossFit. Um, like I was able to go to Japan. I went to Okinawa, uh, near this military base to go teach a seminar for CrossFit or, or I went to New Mexico to teach a CrossFit seminar at a, another military base. Those were cool experiences that, you know, I'm, I'm glad I had.
1: Wasn't the New Zealand trip, like you guys had some crazy driver or like some crazy thing happened in New Zealand. I remember you telling us a story, like it was just the most nuts trip y'all had had with CrossFit.
0: Oh, I don't, I don't know. Oh, well, I mean, we also did a, a CrossFit total on the first ever, um, uh, first ever bungee jumping bridge was in Queensland, uh, New Zealand this is a this is what they said I think I think it's true um but we did a CrossFit total there and I thought they're going to have us bungee jump but fortunately I did not have to do that but that was just a cool trip because it was called the CrossFit tour and this is like back in the day that this tour and so they invited uh it was me Scott Panchik um yeah you know other people actually were competing for that one so yeah but over the years it's been fun you know i like asia i think asia has a lot to offer for people who haven't been there it's definitely a cultural difference um but i'm happy being home now that's that in itself has been good clarity from covid
1: bloom where was your favorite spot in the airstream that y'all went oh other shoot. than landing on your ranch in texas i know i really love the ranch
2: um I think we, oh man, we had a lot of really cool spots, but we stayed at, um, this campground in Washington, right on the coast. And we were like an 800 meter walk from the water. And so that was epic because I love my morning dip. And that was like, when we lived in Santa Cruz, we would drive to the beach every morning. Um, but in Washington, we could literally just like walk out our front door, oh, the door, that's, there. Cold.
0: that's cold water too.
2: It was cold and it was choppy. It was not water that you wanted to hang out in, but we would literally like go in five minutes and then was like that the one with the past. dock?
1: You guys were like doing fitness on the no, dock that was, and then you would, <laughs> that was also in. Washington. That was, um, where were we?
2: That was kind of by, um, Portland, Oregon, but it was in Washington. Um, also a really cool spot. That water was not cold,
0: but you have Gabe to at least like, like be like your companion there. You know, like when I do our cold plunges, like I was doing it for a while and it's just, it's hard to motivate yourself to do the cold plunge or, or to go to drive to Santa Cruz and go in the cold water. It's just, it's a lot. And the sauna is much easier for me. The cold plunge, at least you have your partner in crime that could do it with you. Um, I need to get better about that because I do like the the cold.
2: Here's the thing. I am much more of a like rip the bandaid off before you even think about it. Get in kind of person, um, except in the ocean. And I think it's more because like I'm a little bit nervous in the ocean where Gabe is much more comfortable in the water. Um, but here we have the ice bath and I am the one that like I walk up to it, start my timer and get in. Because if I think about it, yeah, it's not going to happen. It will like literally build it up. until he gets into the water. I'm like, that just sounds terrible to me. I would rather not think about it. I don't want to know. I just like decision has been made. So I just got to go do it.
1: It was so funny. We actually had, um, Amy Morrison on women make waves and she's an XPT coach. So she talks all about heat and cold exposure and breath work and how that like calms the nervous system. Um, and she lives in Denver. My partner also lives in Denver. And so I saw that she was hosting like a sauna cold plunge breathwork event. And I signed him up for it. And I like text him I was like, hey, you have something to do Saturday morning at 10am. And he's like, okay, what? And I was like, nothing, just like bring a pair of boardies and like, just embrace it. He shows up and I start getting pictures from Amy of him in the cold bath. And she's like, Lindsay, he hates it. I think you've made a terrible choice. Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to, how are we going to bounce back from this? And I was like, get him in the sauna. Go, go. So we were like, he, he got done with it and he's such a trooper. He was like, glad I did it. Great experience. Please don't ask me to do that
2: again. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. I got to, I, um, I, I want to go see Wim Hof one day and go yes. through some of his breath work.
2: Have yeah, you
1: watched that. goop? Uh, sex, love and goop.
2: No, it's Gwyneth Paltrow's. Um, I don't know. It the was Netflix a show. Special? Yeah. The Netflix special is out the full name is sex, yeah. love and goop. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Good to know. Well, Wim Hof was on the special. He had a whole thing. Um, whole episode. And it was super interesting. I like, love him so much. Well, his story
1: is super interesting. Like he, his wife like tragically died when he was pretty young and he went through really, really gnarly depression. And it was only in the cold that like his mind would quiet. And so he found that he could get to that same quieted mind through breathwork and has, you know, totally married the two and He's kind of a kook, but I would totally for sure do one of his. Oh, really? I love yeah, kooky we, people. We need to yeah. plan
0: one of those eventually. We need to do like a whole team retreat with, with someone like this who helps us get in the hot and cold. Let's mm-hmm. do it.
2: Well, I did an XBT. Um, there's a woman here that runs XBT workouts and she did the hot and cold also. Basically what Amy Morrison did in Denver. Um and that plus we did a pool workout, which I'm not like I don't consider myself a strong swimmer. I cannot hold my breath at all. Uh, but those pool workouts were crazy. Have you ever done one of those? Mm-hmm. A pool
1: workout? Yeah, like with with dumbbells?
2: Yeah
0: oh I mean was- I've, I've never done that one in particular. I mean I've done a lot of pool workouts and never, <laughs> like not like Jay's like,
1: don't get it twisted. Yeah, All right? I'm in happy. Yeah.
0: hold Okay,
1: well, it was crazy. Like, you, like- my one time that I would shine, I'm 5'10, so I am like the outlier yeah. when it comes to women in CrossFit. You guys, with your little levers, I swear you can keep the handstand push ups. But I remember we were asked, we showed up to a competition, and we had like, I think they told us every other event is the way it worked, and then each event in between was like the unknown and unknowable. Right. But we were told to bring bathing suits. And so we're like, Oh, yeah. oh so you man, you we're like, going to yeah. swim, but what's it going to yeah. be? And my training partner lover her to death. We literally could not be more different humans. Like she's short, stout, strong, thick. And I'm like this lean string bean of an athlete. And so we like knew we had to bring bathing suits and she's like, if we can partition it, I will do everything with the dumbbells and you just swim as far as you could possibly swim. Let's see. So I think I swam like not that far, like 2000 meters and did like one muscle up for her to just be able to do the rest of the the event. And that's how we, uh, gamed the system. That's crazy
2: to me. 2000 meters is
1: really far. That's what I
2: think.
0: I've had some, uh, the, the pool ones aren't as bad as like when you're in the ocean, that's when it gets a little weird because yeah, especially in Santa Cruz, Lindsay, it's, it's, it's sharky and dark, sharky, dark seaweed. Um, Yeah. We used to do, uh,
1: the first gym I ever trained at was CrossFit Amundsen in Santa Cruz. And every Saturday we would do a, a beach wad and they turned it into a run, swim, run. And I'm a, I'm like Gabe, we grew up as swimmers. We're confident swimmers, but I had never really done open water swims. So I like, did this whole beach workout and like ran a couple miles. And then I jump in the water and it was like the first time I had ever swam in my entire life. It was like doggy paddling and spitting up everywhere.
0: Well, especially with the waves and stuff. You've seen at the CrossFit games where people are really comfortable in lakes and pools and they get in the ocean. It's just a totally different beast. Right. Yeah.
1: Didn't they just announce that they're not going to be swimming in Dubai and morning chalk up just did a whole article on like what the CrossFit games can learn from that.
0: Yeah, for Dubai. Well, I mean, I think their argument was that they at the Dubai Championships or whatever they'd have swimming there the last eight years or something of that nature, and that by by design the CrossFit Games are quote unknown and unknowable. Now you can make that's that's the slogan, right? Um, but what they've done with the Dubai Championships, they almost made it. Known that there was going to be a swim, so by removing the swim, now they're tr- that they're getting even more unknowable. That's that I think that was the the chalk ups kind of premise. I I, I didn't read the whole thing, but yeah, no swim, but they're going to do something in that giant uh, ski resort, so that should be interesting.
1: Oh, maybe they'll. Uh, is there going to be snow? But there's not snow that time of year, is there? No, Am there's I snow crazy? inside
0: this giant like there's dude. There's I mean, there's no snow in Dubai, uh, but they built right. this giant indoor ski resort. Um, wow. Yeah. And no shoeing. And so cross country skiing,
1: and then you have to shoot a clay. Maybe it's something like that.
0: Right. So who knows what will happen, but that, that'll be interesting to watch. Um, I don't know. I'm sure I'll, I'll I'll see some highlights from, I'm sure.
2: I feel like though saying that you're not going to do a swim event is also knowing that you're like, you're now just saying, okay, now I know that this isn't going to be in the event. So I wonder if they're saying that they're not going to be a swim event and then they're going to have a swim plot, event.
0: Plot twist, plot, plot twist. twist. No, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: open up your swag bags.
1: Here's your jam. You get a bathing yeah.
0: suit. What- eventually they're going to have to, I, we'll see what happens with all these different CrossFit events. But I mean, it is challenging to constantly be trying to reinvent the wheel all the time and create all these new events because- As an administrator of that and judging and all that stuff, it does become challenging. So I'm wondering if over time, they're going to streamline some of these events a little bit more so that it could be more consistent and spectators can get a better understanding of like what the event's actually going to entail. Because it's tough sometimes when you turn on some of these events, you don't really know what's going on. so we'll see what happens in the future from a CrossFit sport perspective.
1: What is, I'm just curious what it's like when you sign the waiver at the CrossFit games. Like what are, right. Like we go to the gym read and we're it. like, Hey, I'm not going to sue you if I get hurt, <laughs> yeah. but like the games or like, you want to take me to Dubai and put me in the snow. Like, what am I signing away to? Is there I anything crazy in that?
0: I don't know. I don't remember what the waivers looked like. I'd have to I I I'm sure I have one somewhere. But I mean at that point you're just committing to just you just assume that they're gonna try and do everything reasonably safe as possible. But there's definitely some risk of injury for sure. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: like <laughs> for for sure. Um, you know, the the I've had a few of those. I mean, from a fitness perspective, you're obviously gonna push yourself and you can get heat stroke and all that kind of stuff, but you know, the camp Pendleton, uh, obstacle course was kind of dangerous because you're really trying to move at a very fast clip. And I mean, that's the way it's designed, but you had to be really on top of it because if you weren't, you could really trip up and, and get messed up. But we were getting ready for a, a swim one time. I think it was at camp Pendleton actually. And, uh, Dave, like he wasn't joking around. He's like, Hey, I'm just letting you guys know there was a shark, uh, scene, uh, about half." A mile or whatever it is from you guys or, or maybe it was a mile it's a great white now the the rule of thumb is is as if they're they're it's bordering on it but if that great white gets within 800 meters or some some other number uh we're, we're gonna have to cancel the swim event and he was being serious right um but it stayed like i guess like right outside the border but you're just oh, thinking geez. the whole time you're, you're just thinking the whole time like and we asked dave we're like hey so like what's the like, what do you think about? Cause obviously he spent a lot of time in the water and he's like, Hey, as soon as I go in the water, I just remind myself, like, this could be the end. I'm in their world and it is what it is. And just let it be, just be easy. And I remember just sitting there like this, this athlete briefing, just being like, that wasn't very reassuring.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's how yeah. I didn't even have to go into surfing. I was like, damn, cause Santa Cruz is super sharky, super yeah. sharky. Yeah. And I'd be sitting in the lineup and look down and everyone's in a black wetsuit looking like a snack, like a seal snack, you know, Good old snack. and in my head, I'm like, damn, like if, if the shark chooses me, like today was my day because That's there's it. so many Lucky. of us that look exactly like a seal out here right now, it might be my day. That's crazy to me. Thankfully it wasn't. Yeah. Ariel's like, yeah. that's the bandaid. I'm, I'm not, not going to whip off. That's a hard pass. Thank you very much. I will stay in this cold ice tub. Who, who
0: do you guys have, uh, coming up here shortly on the wind, making waves you guys are excited about.
1: Ooh. So Mariah's didn't, didn't air yet. Right. Nope. Mariah's hasn't aired. Danny J airs next week. That was exciting. Super fun conversation. Um, we have Kels keel coming up soon. That should mm-hmm. be a fun one. Um, man, who else do we have? We've got a lot <laughs> So hopper. many, And we also have guests that have reached back out that are like, hey, we can't wait to come back. So there's probably oh. a handful of guests that you will see so you can make. Bring back on. Yeah. yeah. A- Candace
2: Hubs- Hudspeth was on. She was an awesome conversation from like the business side of, you know, yeah. fitness.
1: Candace um, was, I think outside of- we talked with Juliette Storette episode two really Mm -hmm. business centered. Oh she's um
0: she's the best. Dude, oh she's awesome. We got
1: done with that episode and I was ready to go like like take on the world. tear down a wall. Yeah. Yeah. I was like I was like nobody can stop me. Juliette on my side. Um yeah exactly. And I think from that, yeah, from that episode, it wasn't until Candace's episode that just released uh this last week that we had really gone into business. And Candace um she runs everything over at hybrid performance. She's their, um, CMO. CMO. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we talked a lot about marketing and where women oftentimes go wrong in the business world. Um, and some really good nuggets on just like how to be your own best advocate and know your worth and how to go into negotiations with a kind of like take no shit attitude and, and know what you're capable of of creating in the world, which is really cool.
0: Hmm. I like that. Well, That's I got to check some awesome. of those out. I, I want to, I'll go listen to the, the business one in particular. Like I, I obviously relate to that really well. Um, mm-hmm. The tears and, and period conversations maybe aren't <laughs> as much up my, my, uh, you know, alley, but maybe I should be listening to that. Then maybe it'll help me. Hey, you got a daughter. I do. You got a wife. Oh my gosh.
1: Don't you yeah. have a, don't you have a deal with Ava? Doesn't she have to like, do some sort of self-defense class if she doesn't want you to go with her on her first date or something. That's right.
0: That's right. Ava and I have a very simple arrangement. Um, uh, we, so actually her and I have been walking in the mornings together a lot, which has been really cool. But, uh, my arrangement with her is really simple. Like she had two choices. She could either learn how to, uh, jujitsu at a, like for multiple years. Um, or I did give her the option to learn how to knife fight. Um, but then after (laughs) Because in California, you could carry any size blade pretty much you want, but you can't carry a gun. And so I'm thinking to myself, I mean, could you imagine if you're like on a date with a 15 year old, this could go way wrong too. So that's why I'm kind of saying it jokingly, but could you imagine she learns how to, and then she comes out and the guy's like, what the fuck? Right, I'm out of here.
1: Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you ever seen, what is that kick-ass that show about like the fake, that's a movie about the fake, uh superhero like he really wants to be a superhero and he ends up teaming up with hit girl and she's she's a what do you even call that knife fighter
0: a bladest yeah, I, I don't know but I'm, I'm really working hard to get her into it because I told her I was like look if you want to go out on like a movie or a date when you're like 14 15 16 20 years old whatever it is right 20 she's uh, yeah. jay um, 35 I, yeah I'm okay <laughs> with it right um because if I don't if I try and hold you back I you're gonna eventually go do it anyways. Um, but you know, if you want to be able to go out earlier, I need you to be able to defend yourself. Right. Because I think that's really important. So she's 10 now. Um, it's still an uphill battle. So we'll see if we'll see if we get her to convert right now, she just wants to do like private sessions with me on that, but I need her to get it in other classes. But
1: dude, could you imagine you ask a girl out on a date, you come home to meet her parents and it's Jason Kalipa yeah. Well, Dude. And, and her brother and Caden,
0: so Caden like, yeah. will be a complete monster by the time she's going on dates. Oh, he'll yeah. probably be more intimidating than me because he's, I mean, he's already wrestling, already doing jujitsu and he lifts all the time. I mean, he's just, he would not be fun as like a big, as like a little brother. He wouldn't, be fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, uh, so. Anyways, and, and with him, you know, it's not as weird, right? If I'm like, Hey, Kaden, go with your sister to like the movie. It's not that awkward. Like dad sitting in the back. That's kind of weird, but him being in the back, maybe it's not as weird.
1: Yeah. Except he's like <laughs> we'll built see. like a brick yeah. house, taking up four <laughs> seats in the back row. Yeah. throwing popcorn at her. If she does anything funny. <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: You know, here's a random fact and I'll leave you guys with some of this, but my, oh, my, man. my wife. So for years, my, my father-in-law came from Iran. And so he was very, very strict and. My dad came from Iran too, but just, it was, it was different. Cause I was a boy and she wouldn't, he wouldn't let her date at all. And so in high school, um, unfortunately, uh, you know, we had to kind of sneak around because to, to get her out of the house and to do stuff like he was, she was forbidden of doing anything in hindsight. Right. Obviously like I think hindsight 2020, 20, right. But when you're a 15, 16 year old kid, you just do anything you can to go see the other person that you like. But one time he actually allowed her to go to the movies but she said she was going with a girlfriend and she was actually meeting me there. Well, it turns out she ended up getting in trouble. Cause it's like when she's like 16 or whatever it is and he drops her off and then he stayed at the movie in the back. And I, it was, I was there. And like, I don't think we really did anything like weird or anything. I probably put my arm around her, but yeah, he was that guy who stayed there. And um, so I don't want to be that guy either because it, I don't want to be too much, but I need to be a little bit. You know?
1: Just enough. just, just Yeah. Enough. Just
2: enough. <laughs> If you're in the far back, fair game. You're also going to see the movie. Why can't you enjoy that movie?
0: Exactly right.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm not helping
1: your case.
0: So, so where can people, uh, check out Women making waves, is it just, I mean, I guess for now, the easiest place is just Women making waves right on the, on different podcast platforms, uh, Lindsay.
1: Yeah. Women make waves, um, on Amazon, on Apple, on Spotify, I think is our number two download area. If you're a Spotify listener, it's on there. And we post it all the time on the NC Fit channel. So every Monday, every Monday episode comes out. Click that link. You can't swipe up anymore, but click the link. All the things.
0: Oh, yeah. You click the link. That's right. There's no more swipe ups. Yeah. Come on, dude. You've been an influencer
1: for how long? Oh, my gosh. I'm out of the
0: game. I'm washed up. (laughs) (laughs) Washed up. I got to keep, yeah. So click on the link. Go check it out. And, um, yeah, guys, I really appreciate you guys chatting with me today, talking about all things. And I, I got to go check out some of your, um, the, the business ones. I've listened to a lot of the other ones, but I haven't listened to, it's Candace, right? Candace. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go check that out.
1: Epic. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, all right. Thanks, thanks. Jay.